shattered. Too unbreakable. Listen here, sweet sister. Whether you think you have one little crack or you are shattered into a billion pieces, this podcast is going to give you the resources, tools, and skills to help piece yourself back together to form a beautiful, unique, solid, and unbreakable masterpiece. You are listening to Shattered to Unbreakable, the Reclaim podcast. Let's talk. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to be back with you for season two of Shattered to Unbreakable, the Reclaim podcast. As Brandy and I were planning this season, we decided to do things a little bit differently, and we are going with a series style format. So this first series that we have, we're just um, incredibly excited to bring it to you. This is the Warrior series. Now check the spelling because war in this is W-O-R instead of W-A-R, standing for Women of Reclaim. So we are celebrating all of the women that have supported this Reclaim journey, that have gone through their own personal battle in various arenas. So we are so excited today to bring you our discussion with Tennille Jane. She is currently living in Malawi, Africa, and uh, she just has an incredible story. So as we get into this, I just want to let you know that for whatever reason, our connection was a bit spotty with Tennille. So we dropped our conversation several times, and it ends a bit abruptly. Um, just because of internet. So stay with us. Tanil has some amazing things to say, and I can't wait for you to hear what she has. Let's get into it. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Shatter to Unbreakable, the Reclaim podcast. I have been bloopering for the last 10 minutes. So whenever we do have a bloopers reel, you guys are going to love it. But for today, I'm so excited to have one of my favorite Facebook icons on my show. This is Tanil Jane. I don't know if you know about Tanil Jane, but you should know about Tanil Jane. She has a podcast called Tanil Out Loud. Yes? Am I getting that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And she also has a book that came out. I'm holding it up for you, but you can't see it because you're listening. But it's a really pretty book, and it says, if only. And so she's going to tell us about what started this journey for her, why on earth a girl, not necessarily from Craig, Colorado, but I know her from Craig, Colorado, ended up in Malawi, Africa. And she's going to tell us about her beautiful babies and all of the work she's been doing and is continues to do over there. And um, so actually, I'm just going to have you, Tanil, say hi and tell a little bit about yourself and how this all got started. These are big questions, but I'm going to try my best to get this in 20 minutes. These are big questions, and hopefully you guys are filled with more questions than you are with answers, because there's so much more to the story. Um, so I originally moved to Malawi, Africa um, on a whim, actually. I like to say that God tricked me into the desires of my heart, <laughs> because I was only supposed to be there for two weeks, or sorry, two months. And... Uh-huh. Um, but about seven years ago, I owned a little art company. I was making furniture and jewelry and loving my life, living in Steamboat Springs. And on the side, I was doing hospice work. And then my heart just got so overwhelmed with hospice that I just, that was all I wanted to do. 
And I wanted to get an online degree for biblical counseling so I could move up a little bit. And um, okay. and so I sold my art company and I had a small piece of land that I got rid of. And I ended up with about $28,000, which I don't know. I guess I thought my life would be worth more if I liquidated it, <laughs> but that's fine. So my idea was I'll get a laptop and go to Malawi where I can just focus on what I'm doing. And I've been to Malawi a couple times before this, and I just felt such a connection to God. And, and the thing is, it's not about the geography or the people or that God is more real there. It's about putting yourself so completely out of your element that you mm-hmm. are solely reliant upon God. So for me, it was like, why would I, if I want a biblical counseling degree, why would I want to do it anywhere else? So mm. I ended up in Malawi. And um, as I was trying to figure out how to connect my new laptop to Wi-Fi, which is not my skill set, anything electronic is not my skill set. And while I was trying to um, figure out how to do that, I ended up with a puppy. And because I'm a moron, I ended up with two puppies. And I kind of thought, like, it's cool. I have the money. I'll just get them their injections and then import them into America and train them as service dogs. And they could be my hospice dogs. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be that lady with her two crazy African dogs and just a great conversation starter. <laughs> and um, what happened was the Internet completely quit on me and I was left with two dogs that needed a two-month series of injections so it's like well I was planning on being here for two months anyways and yeah technically by Malawi standards I was a millionaire because you watch a two dollar ratio and so I was sitting at a beach one day in my little bungalow and I had no electricity and no running water and then I had these two puppies and millions of kwacha, and I'm like, I don't know where people are trying to get to, but I'm pretty sure I made it. (laughs) I I started doing little things in the community just to kind of pass the time because I didn't have anything else going on, and I had suddenly enough money to do something about it. So I started with school fees and some small medical needs, and then it just grew and grew and grew and six months later I had three dogs and a um my first foster daughter and negative two dollars in my bank account. Wow. And my mom was like, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) But it, it just kind of evolved and now um it was about a year before I got to go back home. And I knew I would be heading back because I just wasn't done. Mm -hmm. And I had 34 followers on Facebook and I reached out to them. I'm not a super religious person. Um, I do love the church, but I've never really been um, by the book, I guess. So I, I kind of, my first year there, I was just Facebook. And then when I came home, I did a lot of like small groups and stuff like that and just trying to outreach because I, my money was gone and there was no way for me to make money down there to support myself. And so, um, it just became like a PBS, you know? So I opened up my Facebook as a blog and people gave and I gave it away and people gave more and I gave that away. And 
now in November will be seven years that I've been there by myself. Wow. And um, yeah, it's crazy even like to hear myself like, I mean, wow is right. Like yeah. that's why I say God tricked me because I never would have bought a one-way ticket and moved to Africa and thought like, I have zero dollars in my pocket, but it's going to work. Like, it <laughs> yeah. did. And there was like this, like people say, you know, you just walk through the doorway and I'm like, this is like an impossibly high window. Can I even fit through it? But I just kept focusing on the individual and doing what I could and giving the rest to God and just trying to be present in the moment. And um, it's a hard life, but now after seven years, I've worked with thousands of people. I mean, everything from school books to university fees, from prosthetic limbs to life-saving surgeries and and cancer treatments. I still do hospice work there, which is kind of what I'm trying to focus on in the coming years is I would love to build a palliative care unit where I live. There's, I'm the only one who's doing hospice work. So providing things like um, you know, as your system shut down, things like adult diapers are mm. almost impossible to get there. Um, pain medicine is there, but there's no like anti-nausea medicine to go oh. with it. Yeah. And, um, you know, little things like liver for people who can't digest, who need the protein. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many needs in the hospice area and it's just really hard to get anybody to invest in that because it's literally like investing in the dying. And that's, hard sell so Mm -hmm. um I do have a small piece of land and I have dreamed of building a little house for me and the I now have uh four girls who stay with me now one's an adult but she has a four-year-old and then I have my two foster daughters that are 15 and seven now and I want to build us a little house but I want luxuries like hot water and a bathtub (laughs) and a stove and a refrigerator and things we don't have and haven't had for almost a decade that it's like I want to show them how great a hot bath is at the end of the day you know and I don't know I just I feel like I'm I'm there and I'm I'm just trying to commit to that but I won't use donation money to build that house so I was thinking like there's got to be some side work that I can do something I can do to make because if I was going to build just like the place we live in now which is basically just brick walls if I was going to build something like that then sure use donation money but I I don't know is it luxury I don't know Um, (laughs) but by Malawian standards it is and so I just I was like but I work really hard and I knew I could find a way to do it. And so in 2020, when um, the last flight left to go to America and people were like, if you're not on it, you're here for whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't imagine leaving my daughters. So I just said, you know what? I'm in it. So I'm here and I'm going to stay here. And it ended up being such a slow year because donations were really low. But yeah. Also, everybody was really sticking to themselves, like less people came for needs and like we handled emergencies. But other than that, it was really, there wasn't a lot going on. So I read so many books and I read most of my favorite books like five times. So I was like, 
I bet I can write one. So yeah, I just, I really love romance. I'm such a romantic, even though I've been alone for like six years. <laughs> I just dream, I dream of like this sharing this incredible life that I have. Mm-hmm. And so I wrote, I wanted to write a biography, but it was so dang boring that because <laughs> I, I was like, I know my story. This is lame. Like, <laughs> so, so instead I wrote this kind of fantasy biography where it's based mostly on my real life there, but I kind of added a hero where he should have been, but didn't show up. <laughs> Just <laughs> <No>. his call. <laughs> yeah. Insert awesome here so um it ended up being so hysterical as i was writing it i was just i would have to stop and walk away and crack up and so i was like i really think i'm onto something good here so i just rolled with it and i it ended up only taking me a couple months to write because i was so on fire for it didn't have a lot going on and then um you know Three years later, that was in 2020, and I finally was able to um, make enough on the side and get enough support on the side outside of my work in Africa to um, get a professional editor and get it um, professionally uh, published. And so it just, I've, I've been back in America for two weeks now just visiting, and it came out like two days after I arrived at this point. Wow. So... <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of I'm a bit overwhelmed with the transition between I haven't been home in two years, so I mean cars drive themselves now. You know <laughs> in my small town there's alcohol in the grocery store, I'm like that's new. <laughs> but Doritos tacos are still a thing, which kind of is blowing my mind. So I'm just kind of adjusting. But also trying to, like, I have this opportunity while I'm here to share this book. And so I have to sell 5,000 copies to build our little home. And yeah. um, and that seems plausible. I mean, there's billions of people in the world. And then I was like, why am I stopping myself at 5,000? If I sell 20,000, which is 15,000, so three times what I need for my house, I'll be able to build the hospice of my dreams. Which is oh wow, I I mean we're talking beds that are adjustable with their own bedding. You know, people in Malawi they have to provide their own bedding, their own nurse, their own food. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no TV, no radio, nothing like that. So you're just wow. living their suffering, oh. hoping you have the right medicine. I mean, it's it's so bleak, and um, I would just love a place that I could make a, a little extension of a home where people could go and, you know, in their last moments, even though they have the hardest life, Malawi is one of the poorest countries in the world. And these people do nothing but suffer. It's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I understand it's not as um, attractive as school fees or, you know, small business startups, which I still do all of that too. But my heart is just for the last of the last, you know? Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, so I'm really hoping that, and if I, if I can't, if the book blows up, then we'll build parks across Africa, you know, oh. and I doubt this will be my last book because I just, 
I, I enjoy writing so much. And I think when you read it, you'll see that, that it was just like, yes. a, it was a holiday for me. And you also will join me on that holiday. <laughs> and I kind of wrote like an every, every woman who reads this book will be like, yes, that guy. And that, <laughs> yes. So yes. I just, it's just classic, clean, you know, it's not, I mean, so many of the romance books I read these days are just all about the flesh. And I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. that sounded really biblical. But what, but really what I'm saying is everything best that happens in a relationship happens before that, yes. you know? And so it's just a whole lot of tension and you will yeah. giggle and you will laugh and you might even cry. Some of it's really emotional because it is based on my real life there. So, yeah. um, it's just an adventure and that's that's what I do, you know, really yeah. well. So anyways, oh, that was a deep long that. breath. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> this is uh this is amazing. So um for those of you if you don't know, the book is If Only by Tanil Jane and you can get it um on Amazon. Where else is it available, Tanil? Anywhere you can buy books, I guess? Pretty much anywhere, yeah. It, uh, Amazon is definitely the best, I think, because when you order from Amazon, it actually goes straight from the printer. So there's no overhead. There's no nothing. It's like you order it, it goes to the printer, it prints it and binds it and ships it out to you within like three days. And um, it's hard to hustle yourself. You know, I'm just one person trying to change the world. And I (laughs) want to be a hundredfold Christian. And it turns out that takes a lot of work. So I mean, it's probably fine that I'm single right now. <laughs> I was like, I'll make all the excuses I can, but, but I, um, I'm so alone. <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. Well, I, um, real quick, I want to take a break uh, to hear from our sponsors. And then when we come back, I would love to talk about, um, you mentioned that you're not a very religious person. But obviously, God is a big part of your life. And I just, I want to dig into that a little bit, because you said you're not, um, the word you used was by the book. And I just immediately yeah. popped in my head is, well, there's really the only one that matters. Right. So, right. Um, exactly. Yeah. I just, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back. And I would just love to dig into kind of like your God journey, because that's like, to just buy when we take it to Malawi. Like, that's yeah. amazing and the beautiful things that he's done. So we'll be right back and uh, chat about that. If you're like me, you are starting to notice some fine lines and wrinkles, maybe a few age spots, sunspots, pigment differences, and maybe some spots on yourself you don't really want to be that hairy. (laughs) I would love for you to check out Crystal Visions Med Spa in Loveland. They help with high-powered technical lasers to remove hair, help with rosacea. They do acne treatments, tattoo removals. They have micro-needling, body sculpting, and they also specialize in Reiki. At Crystal Visions Med Spa, they are committed to quality. They utilize the -the state-of-the-art laser technology to offer you high-quality services and results. Whether you're seeking treatment for your skin or body, They're committed to assisting you with state-of-the-art technologies and high-quality personal service to help you achieve your goals. Your one-stop shop for beauty, 
and anti-aging services is Crystal Vision's Med Spa in Loveland. Do I have you back? Yes. Yay! <laughs> I think the network in Malawi is actually better than the network in Craig, Colorado. I struggle so much when Brandy is there and we do, because um, we record every week religiously, which I love. Um, by the book. And we struggle so much by the book. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I just, I loved that you said that because it really did. That's what popped into my head. It's like, well, it's just the one book that really matters. Yeah. But we, as imperfect humans, have written so many that we hold people to and people should not be held to our standard because what's my standard, you right. know? And I just, I loved this example of you just like, okay, God, you can have it. And now you're living in Malawi and you have foster daughters that you're um, speaking life into and, um, and dreaming of these luxuries, which by the way, a hot bath and a refrigerator is just amazing to me. Like, Different the two parts of the, the world, same you know? is almost as romantic as my book. They <laughs> <laughs> gave me the same chill bumps. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, so I would just love to hear about your your God journey. And I, I'm so excited to read it. I um so Brandy was like, we have a guest on, it's Tanil Jane, and then we're like sitting there getting ready, and she's I'm like, so what are we what are we talking about? I just I'm just along for the ride. Brandy takes us to some really cool places. She's like, hey, we're doing this. And I'm like, great, I'll pack the snacks, you know? So, um, <laughs> yeah, so I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm so excited. Um, but I would love to hear a little bit more about your your personal journey. You told us quite a bit. Um, but really the the faith part of it, like, where did that idea to come to go to Malawi even come from? So I want to say that, like, I a lot of people call me a missionary because my life revolves around God and serving God in faith. I have nothing else but faith, mm -hmm. but I am not interested in building churches. I'm not interested in standing on soapboxes or crusades or tent revivals and nothing against anybody who is, but I think it's a really common misconception to think that Malawi doesn't have God because we've sent missionaries mm -hmm. into Africa for years and years and years, and um, there's a church on every block. And the problem is because people come with a dream on their own heart to build a church because they want to say they built a church in Africa, and then they go there and they do it, and then they don't put a whole lot of stock into who's running it. They don't have anybody, any checks and balances. And so the church system there mm -hmm. has become a system of business, and it's so corrupt that it's um, it's so disturbing that I just don't want anything to do with it. And the other part to that is that um, people there, it's like the Bible Belt. I mean, if you mm. if you don't go to church and you and you don't profess your faith openly and out loud, you can be accused of witchcraft because you serve one or the other. That's what they believe. So to Wow. It's not just a it's not just um, a relationship with God as it is a lot in the Bible Belt. It's culture, and um, a lot mm -hmm. of people use it as a means to protect themselves. They take a Bible and use it as a talisman to protect their home, thinking that it will protect them. Mm -hmm. And so, a lot of what I do there is um, building up people's knowledge about the actual scripture and what it means. I'm less interested in people saying that they've 
that they've come to know the Lord because they teach Bible knowledge in government school every grade. So what do we have here? Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like I actually told a Malawian pastor one time there that um, here is where he should send the missionaries, that missionaries should be going back <laughs> to America from Africa because the faith there is all they have. And when I, long ago, before I bought my ticket, God told me that I would be a missionary to Craig, Colorado. And um, when I ended up in Africa, I found myself on my knees begging God for forgiveness because I clearly took the reins into my own hands and look what I've done with it. Now I'm broke in Africa. How am I supposed to minister to, to Craig, Colorado? But then I came home a couple years later and I had this opportunity to speak at the church that I grew up in, which was really bizarre. And um, when I was up there, one of the elders in the church said, um, why did you go to Africa? Why, why wouldn't you just stay here? And, um, you know, lots of people are hurting here and lots of people need help here. And I, and it hit me like a thunderbolt. I was like, if, if you knew that Tennille from Craig, Colorado was speaking at the church tonight, would you have come to listen? And he was like, no. <laughs> I know. Right? So I kind of feel like whatever God's doing, he's building a platform, you know, and I, I hate to say what God is doing because he's weaving together the webs of billions of lives that there's rarely ever one reason why God is doing anything. There's always more than one reason. So, um, but from what I've seen, I believe that this is just the beginning, you know? So, yes. Oh my goodness. I am so in love with your story, Tennille. And I love what, um, I can't wait to see what God is doing with this. And I just, I find this entire thing incredible. And I know um, that you're on a time frame tonight and I want to respect that. So, um, what is one last thing? If you could have our listeners do one thing, what would you ask them to do? Do something. You know, I mean, I, I've been home for two weeks now and all I hear is people complaining about basically the privileges they were born into that they didn't earn, you know, mm -hmm. like you were born into one of the most powerful, incredible countries in the world. And I'm not getting into politics. Let all that go. Mm -hmm. If you want to complain about your country, complain to somebody else. If you want anarchy, Come over to Malawi for a little while and taste what that really feels like. And then you'll come home and appreciate yeah. what you have. And, um, you know, I'm just, I get so exhausted hearing everybody's complaints. Um, but also, you know, there's like this, I was able to go to Malawi and find little old women who had strokes and paint their toenails. And wow. that to me is like, every time I find a little old woman and I'm like, can I paint your toenails? And they're like, oh my gosh, yes, that would be amazing <laughs> because women are women everywhere you go. But then I come here and people are like, they don't even know how to serve. They don't even know what to do. Yeah. And there's just so many opportunities and people are so afraid that if they give a little, somebody will take everything. Mm. And it's, it's about taking responsibility of your own boundaries mm -hmm. so that you can give, you know, and people are so quick to hide. I mean, 
you go into your driveway, into your garage, and shut the garage door before you get out to unload your groceries. It's mm. like we don't eat. I mean, the streets are bare. Yeah. And people are so afraid to invest in other people because they're, honestly, I think it has a lot to do with true crime. Mm-hmm. But I think people are so terrified of other people. And I'm just, um, I mean, you you can live your life in fear if you want. But I went to one of the most dangerous areas in one of the poorest countries in the world as me, as a single white woman. And I mean, I've come up against some horror, but I've also seen miracles. I've seen incredible things that, I mean, your podcast isn't long enough to to get into (laughs) the amazing things that God has done and is doing in my life. And it's just as much about me and my journey as it is about anybody that I help. And I'm just, I'm just so terrified when I come home that, that people, you know, the Bible says, don't be caught sleeping, Mm -hmm. you know? And I feel like everybody here is just asleep. Like they're just getting to the weekend and then the weekend goes so fast because you Mm -hmm. spend all the whole time on TV. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to get engaged. You have to be present. You get one, you get one chance, one life. And whenever you feel that fear or that apprehension inside of you, you know that fear is not from God. Mm -hmm. So that's somebody trying to stop you from some incredible blessing or understanding that's on the other side. And everybody, I was telling somebody this the other day, you know, in malaria, in Malawi, we've got TB, HIV, malaria, um, yellow fever, dengue. We've got barely any healthcare. We have hardly any police. And the ones we do are basically for hire. Mm. Um, A completely corrupt system. No help coming to you if you get sick or if you get injured. And yet what we don't have is anxiety. Mm. And then I come home to America It's one of the richest, most powerful, most comfortable countries in the world. And it's ranked by far, ranked number one in the world for anxiety. What Mm -hmm. has your comfort bought you? Mm -hmm. What has your comfort and your ease and your instant gratification and all of these things bought you a list of prescriptions? Right. Mm -hmm. Like if you want to get over your anxiety, you've got to walk through that fear. Yes. And if you think that I don't feel that, like, like I, I'm not genetically different than you. Mm-hmm. I have, I've been sued before. I've had six police officers come to my house and raid my house. I've been accused of murder. I've oh been taken to the chiefs on multiple occasions. I mean, I have faced some stuff that I'm not joking you. I have little pee came out of me. Oh my God, like shaking, palm sweating, vomiting, anxiety. And at the end of it, every single time I walked into that fire, God was with me. Mm. And every single time I walked out so humble, knowing that I'm I'm not actually alone. Mm -hmm. The God I serve is actually a living God who is... The creator of everything. Like, what do I have to fear? Yeah. And it, but you don't, you don't get there just by wallowing in your fear. You right. have to walk through it. Yes. And I'm just so grateful um, that I'm so irresponsible <laughs> because 
God could have never used me if I was a responsible human being. Like, I'm so irresponsible that God's like, oh, thank God. Because the Bible says you've got to become childlike. Right. You have to become like a child. You have to trust that he's going to walk you through and he's going to supply and he's going to do all these things. And so for me, being um, incapable of adulting was, was able to open myself up to let God be the adult. Yeah. You know, to let him moves me. And I just, I have trust fallen into God's grace so many times that I, it's addictive, right? You know, and I'm just not worried. I'm not worried about this book or my house or anything. The, the only thing that bothers me is this watered down Christianity of feely good, lovey good, mm-hmm. and everybody taking the credit for their own prophecies and their own. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wonder if we're not tying our own noose mm-hmm. in the Christian world here, you know? I mean, but why you're asking people to give up all of their comfort, and that's what America's based on is how to be more comfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just don't find that in the Bible at all. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are, I mean, whole religious sects are trying to justify their comfort. Right. It's like, buddy, you don't have to justify it to me. If you want to take your reward in this life, you can. What I will tell you is that seven years in Africa went by that fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, every day is an eternity. But looking yeah. back, yeah, it's like, man, we're, our life it just goes by so fast. I basically spent my entire 30s in Africa I was telling somebody today, like I, my goal used to be, I want to take away the hurt. I want people to not hurt anymore. And over the last few years, I've realized, no, the pain is the beauty. The pain is exactly what we need. We need to feel the pain so we can experience the peaceful beauty of life outside of pain. What pain brings to you? I heard a quote the other day and it was so beautiful and I'm, I'm going to misquote it and I don't know who said it, but you're going to get the gist of it. So we'll just say it was me. Um, it says that there, every person gets two lives, um, the life you're born with and the life that you get when you realize that's your only one. And it was just, it just hit me so hard that we we don't really start living until we contemplate our own demise. Woo, that was quite a way to end it, but I did warn you it was going to be abrupt. So I just want to say that I love Tennille's uh, call there, just do something. Whatever it is, just get up and do something. And I am so excited to be supporting Tennille Her book is absolutely hilarious, as you can tell from this conversation. Um, It's just a great read. So I would love for you to snag yourself a copy. Let's support her in getting to that goal of 5,000 copies sold so that she can give her daughters uh, a taste of the everyday comforts that we enjoy that count as a luxury in their life. So thank you so much for being here on this first episode of the Warrior Series. We will continue next week with our guest, Katie Sutton. I can't wait for you to hear that episode. And uh, until then, thanks for listening.
Brandy and I are so grateful that you joined us today on the Shattered to Unbreakable podcast. We hope that it provided some encouragement for you as you go about your week. And we also want to provide you with some more resources. Check out our website at reclaimjournal.com. There you can find the journal itself, as well as some free resources to help you along on your healing journey. We also want to encourage you to subscribe once you're there so that you can get email updates about what's going on next with Reclaim. We have Kintsugi classes getting ready to start up again and a new subscription box coming this fall. Can't wait to tell you all about it. Subscribe at reclaimjournal.com so you stay in the loop. And we also want to remind you that while this podcast is free to listen to, it's not free to make. So if you want to jump over to that subscribe link, you will get bonus episodes as well as ad-free episodes and um, help us to help us to reach more women who need to hear this message. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next week.